So hi, this is Shannon Pendleton with Passive House Accelerator, and thanks for tuning in to this special bonus episode of the Passive House podcast recorded at VSCon 2023 in Houston, Texas. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Zola Windows, for their support of this series and making it happen. So I'm Shannon Pendleton, and I'm here with Tessa Bradley from Artisans Group in Olympia, Washington. And we are both at VSCon 2023, super excited to chat about all the sessions we've been watching. So Tessa, tell me, how are you enjoying the conference and uh, your role in so many presentations here? I'm loving it. Um, I'm meeting a lot of people that are new to Passive House this year, which I think is a defining characteristic that's a little different. Um, from some previous conferences I've been at. I've met a lot of people that this is their first conference. And I think that's super exciting. It just means market penetration and more good work happening, more curiosity from qualified people. Um, and I, uh, I'm a principal of an architecture firm in Washington State. Uh, it's a 100% women-owned firm. I run it with my co-principal, Rusa Cassell. And we have about 14 employees and we are passive house focused, have been in the, been in the um, passive house world a long time. I was an early adopter and we are doing everything from high end, high performance homes to affordable, very large scale neighborhood and multifamily design projects. We also do a lot of commercial, hospitality, fancy schmancy um, cafes, things of that nature, restaurants, stuff like that. Uh, and then my partner and I, um, are also self-developing um, several projects, some of which are passive house and some of which are adaptive reuse. So we have a lot going on this year. <laughs> I was going to say, is that a new development from the previous year? We've been, we've been working on some self-development and it's starting to come to fruition. So we've got a multifamily um, office project that we're making great progress on and sort of financing is the next step on that. And that's a little bit of a tricky one right now. So we'll, I'm sure we'll learn a lot as we uh, talk to folks about that after this conference. Um, but we've got land use approval and we've got our CDs almost done and, you know, things of that nature. Um, and then, uh, we are working on a boutique hotel that we may, uh, win and have some ownership in, which would be very cool. Uh, and then we, we have some other smaller developments that are sort of coming to fruition. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's pretty fun to work for yourself. Uh, if you can figure out how to do it. Um, so that's, that's been a big development for us this year. I couldn't agree more on working for yourself. I think it is super fun. You get to make all those great decisions and either pay for them or celebrate them. <laughs> but you have employees as well. You and Rusa have some employees. And how have, has your size grown this year? Or we has have. the way you work with your employees changed this year at all? I think so. I have been really um, humbled by my staff this year. They've been really exceptional and we've added um we're we're you know we're 100 women-owned firm we're ombwe certified and we're focused on hiring women and um people of color and people in the lgbtq plus community uh and so our architecture firm looks very different than many architecture firms uh and so i think that's been um wildly successful for us. Uh, and what I like about a lot of the, um, a lot of young women that are working for me, um, as aspiring artists, uh, architects right now is that they, um, they're really, uh, what's the term they're, they're advocating for themselves. They're self advocates. So I actually, I, you know, I had a young woman come to me 
recently and really challenged me to be a better mentor to her. Um, and, you know, I, I think there's obviously temptation to be like, well, I'm a great mentor, but, but I, I think she was right. And so um, it's been a very humbling year in that um, I have really talented staff and they're asking more of me. Um, and I think that that's really exciting um, and something I welcome and am trying to um, embrace and, and do a better job of being more present for that mentorship. Um, but yeah, I would say that's been a big, a big, something I'm thinking about a lot lately. Fantastic. How many employees do you have? We have 14. We have 14. So I would say about a third of them are remote um, and the rest are in office. Uh, and so we, we have staff that, you know, worked for us for many, many years and then during COVID moved and things like that. So, uh, yeah, pretty, di- pretty dynamic group. And, and is the remote piece larger than last time, last year? Are you expanding more? No, I, you know, I, I think every firm is different. Um, we really love having remote workers that have worked in office with us. So once you've worked for us, I think for us, it's more you can then go remote. But I think it's very hard to hire just straight up remote people and then mentor them in their careers adequately. At least I have found that to be true. And we just do a lot in person. We have a lot of charrettes. We talk a lot. We challenge each other. Like there's a lot of creativity, a lot of juice in that office. Um, and so I think really you have to, and even our remote workers have to come regularly, you know, every couple of weeks they come and visit. Um, so I, I think, um, I think that's been the right mix for us and I'm sure every firm is different. It's beautiful that you're challenging them to be present in that space and actually take a physical active part in the process. I I agree with you. I think think it would be hard to progress, progress as an architect without that. Don't you? Yeah, I feel out of sight, out of mind is yeah. what happens. And and with all of us on screens now and really the loss of paper in, in the profession yeah, <laughs> um, until you're ready to submit construction documents and then, oh, look, it's on paper, um, is a challenging thing to have to go through as an evolution of a, of a firm, right? And so challenging your uh, staff to come in and be present physically and then having them challenge you back to be a better mentor and also being a mom and having other moms <laughs> around you with families yeah. and all of the intricacies and family dynamics, whether they're work family or chosen family or birth family, yep. uh, that's a lot of dynamics. And I think... There's something inherently interesting about having to juggle all of those things at once. It's much like the architectural field. All the team players, all the different personalities, the psychology, the schedules. It's so many things at once that um, I've heard it likened to a spiral. You yeah. go around and around, but you're going upward. It's an upward spiral. I feel um, it's funny you just reminded me of something I said to, to Jesse Thompson yesterday. My, my firm used to be a design build firm and he asked me how motherhood was. And I, I think I said something like, well, having a child is just like managing lead carpenters. <laughs> it's really a very similar, really a very similar problem. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going well. I'm surviving it. Perfect. Perfect. Um, do any of your uh, staff and family kind of ever co-mingle and you get together yes and that's a great question character building sessions <laughs> <laughs> um so my my husband is a principal civil engineer at a firm and he's our civil engineer and him and his staff we hire for many of our large-scale projects um and so we i work with my husband a lot 
Um, my co-principal, Rusa, her partner is a passive house builder that we work with a lot. Um, and uh, my dad works for me intermittently on and off uh, as a drafter. Uh, so it, it is it is a family affair. We have a lot of family. Uh, we I brought my son to the conference. He's 19 months old. Rusa brought her daughter. She's 11, uh, and they're they're hanging out and uh, and yeah. I mean this this you know this is a great social outlet. There's a lot of nice people here. I saw them last year. They got a little taller this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a real pleasure. I think the only last question I have for you is. What would you do differently next year than you've mm. done this year? You've had so much change this year. And uh, what, what do you think is going to stick and what are you Ooh. looking to evolve? I feel like uh, I'd like to see um, our firm continue to grow in terms of mentorship. I'd like to see us continue to accomplish more um, large-scale projects. I'd like to see our Habitat for Humanity project move forward. There's a lot of big milestones ahead of us. So I'd like to be talking about the infrastructure we put in. Uh, for the neighborhood and the beginning of vertical construction by the time we meet next year. And um, I'd like to, you know, hopefully see some of our self-development projects get some traction. You know, hopefully we can overcome the very the very big barrier of interest rates and, and make some progress on that front. Um, but, yeah, I think those are the things I hope to do next year. How do you address the infrastructure piece? This is a conversation I've been asking a lot of people lately civil engineers and, and having that on your team is brilliant. Um, how are you looking to address it? What kind of goals are you trying to set? And, and do you have measurement tools for how you're going to measure how you're reaching those goals? Um, so the infrastructure for like the habitat neighborhood, is that mm-hmm. what you mean? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we are, we have a very unique proposal for that project where instead of like roads, there are drive aisles because you drive slower in a parking lot than you do on a street. Um, also, you know, habitat homes, several live, several working people can live in the same household together. So parking is a big deal. Um, you know, I think the intricacies of the infrastructure and actually understanding the needs um, of clients, those clients, those habitat clients, um, and trying to actually design the structure for them, the, the infrastructure, instead of just assuming it's going to be like every other neighborhood. Uh, has been very helpful for us. So our neighborhood approach um, is very unique for that project, and I hope that it's going to uniquely address the needs of the of the clients. Um, and in terms of measurement, you know, I imagine uh, that uh, due to our involvement with that project and its proximity to our or even our just our home, we're going to see it in action. And I'm going to get feedback from the clients at every chance I can because um, I'm sure they're going to have a lot of things they'd wish we'd done differently and better. Um, and so we're going to have to capture those and try to use them moving forward. And I, I consider that sort of a measurement of success. Oh, the ultimate. I yeah. would agree. Um, will, you, will you plan any monitoring for that, given that I, I'm loving Habitat. I'm yeah. intimately familiar and yeah. have worked with our Philadelphia version. Yeah. Um, and that home ownership and its ability to increase generational wealth. It's it's everything, especially if you are into single family homes. And, and <laughs> so like these, are, <laughs> these are actually all multifamily projects. Oh, are they? Yeah, they're all six unit townhouses of different typologies. Um, and it's on a land lease model. So the project is actually pretty unique in a lot of uh, complicating and fascinating aspects uh, to it. Oh, that's really fascinating. Yeah. So, but does that make monitoring easier? And, and will you have any monitoring for the... That is such a great question. I, I'm trying to solve... It's sort of like a one problem at a time, I think, with a project of this scale in terms of being the project manager. 
it's one problem at a time. So right now I'm, I'm solving land use issues. I'm arguing with, you know, the director of garbage pickup in the city, trying to express to them that Habitat has very specific needs that they've tried on other projects in the past and that those won't work. And like, you know, I mean, it's sort of like, um, those are the problems I'm worried about right now. We are energy modeling. We're in DD on the buildings. Um, and I should figure out a monitoring system. Uh, Positive Energy is our mechanical um, electrical MEP firm for the project. Um, so I will probably rely heavily upon their very um, qualified recommendation for the project. Yeah, we've been talking about this, like a little kit for monitoring ready, even if you aren't sure which software or smart device right. you're going to use to have those little CT clips on the electrical panel, to have the sub panel for resiliency. And I'm sure that that's something you all are thinking about in housing such a large group of, yeah. of such an important population right near you. Totally. And, you know, I think we just have to be really, I mean, the, the habitat conundrum is one of cost, right? Every, and when you have 112 units, every decision we make gets multiplied times 112. And the, the cost of the units is already set being a 30 to 80% AMI of the, of the average income of the area. So every dollar we spend has to be raised by Habitat or appropriated from public funding. So, um, you know, we'll probably monitor one, right? <laughs> or something like that. You know what I mean? Like it'll probably be a very modest strategy in that sense. Um, but I, it's actually, I hadn't really thought about it. It's a great reminder, Shannon. I like the way your brain works. Well, thank you. I, it's likewise. And I can't thank you enough for taking time to sit down with me today and your busy schedule. So many presentations. My pleasure. To give and see for you. Passive House Accelerator is my favorite website. Send all my clients there. Me too. <laughs> well, enjoy the rest of the conference. And uh, just want to remind everybody that I am here with Tessa Bradley from Artisans Group. And we are at BSCon 2023 in the Passive House podcast bonus episode. So keep an eye out for Tessa and what she's doing this year. Thank you, Tessa. Thank you, Shannon.